is the bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Oh, yeah. I like the song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I dig it. I do, too. It it's helps. not a bad little intro to the bullpen. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. Happy, uh, what day is this, Tuesday? I think it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Forgive me. Something I never like remember that. what day it is. I don't know. I've been up since ungodly hours this morning, so I thought today was Friday already. <laughs> if only. Yeah, right. Jeez, man. No, it is Tuesday. You are correct. You're Congratulations. Heart, we have made it to Tuesday. We have made it to Tuesday, and uh, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Bullpen. I'm Patrick Osborne. He's Brandon Elgin. Yes, I am. Our phone number here in the Bullpen is 512-834-1027. We nailed that. And we'll be here with you for the next hour. That's a tough transition, and we nailed it. Loving every second of it. Loving every second of it. And you doing all right today, Brandon? Uh, Like I said, it's been a long morning, but I'm getting through it. I'm doing all right. I'm feeling good. I'm here. I'm here with you. I can't can't complain. I don't want to be anywhere else. Well, I, I certainly, certainly... How are you? Well, you know, I've, I've been here since three. So yeah, I'm I feel good. like we've been up around the same time. I'm good, you know, I, I'm I'm feeling loopy like Aaron Rodgers a yeah. little bit, but I'm good. I'm yeah, good. but loopy for him is uh, that's a better loopy. This is a natural loop. You are feeling. This is a natural. Well, I guess you, you just could argue his too. I, mine didn't require drinking ayahuasca. How about that? I just I just got up early. <laughs> and actually, speaking of Aaron Rodgers and ayahuasca, a little pep up. We got step. that story coming up for you. A follow up to what we talked to you yeah, about on Friday do. with his. Uh, what is his, his life-changing epiphany he had when he took this uh, South American concoction? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's from, South America, right? That's where uh, he was. That's where he was. You know, he was in South Africa. South you Africa. Can, oh, they okay. actually... I said South America. Uh, I saw a TV show on Vice. Remember Vice Network? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have that anymore because YouTube TV doesn't have that. But I used to watch this uh, show where this guy, his whole thing was just taking psychedelics all over the world. Yeah. And he took ayahuasca, but he took it near the Texas-Mexico border. Oh. So there's somebody out there who is actually it naturally grows out in the desert. Yeah, I've heard. And you just got to know where to look, and yeah. all you got to do pick it up, pop it out. Yeah. But well, then you got to know what you to do after. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to. You don't want to do that. You know, on your own. I'm not sure I've got the guts to ever try anything like that. But I more power to guys like Aaron Rodgers, and we'll tell you what the NFL has to say about uh, his admission to doing ayahuasca coming Mm up. Mm -hmm. Uh, may surprise you what they have to say about that. But first, big news out of the tennis world today. As uh, one of the biggest names in the sport, male or female, uh, is looking like she's going to call it quits. Mm -hmm. Talking about Serena Williams. Um, I guess not really wanting to call this retirement. You you can sprinkle sugar on whatever you want all day long and call it candy, but one bite, it's not necessarily always going to be candy. I think she's... Leaving her options of open, maybe this uh, could be you know leverage for something else. But from what I heard this morning in her press conference, uh, sounds like she's on her way out. Well, she's forty years old. Yeah, which I, you know, I mean, that's, I'm older than that. I'm and, almost that. But I mean, in tennis, that's ancient. You yeah. know, I mean, that's a that's a very uh, it's a physically demanding sport. Just like they say, you know, the new eighty is thirty in baseball. My God. <laughs> Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, That's why yeah. I've been playing softball since 2010. <laughs> it's, it's hell <laughs> getting old, man. It's hell getting old. <laughs> well, uh, so Serena was asked kind of what drives her to keep playing into this age, and uh, apparently looks like she, she's definitely hinting at the uh, the old retirement. I don't know. I guess there's just a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting closer to the light. So that's, yeah. So that's like lately. That's been that's been it for me. I can't wait to get to that light. 
I know you're joking, but can you? I'm not joking. Okay, so then explain to me what what the light is to you, what the light represents. Freedom. Yeah, I love playing though. It's it's like it's amazing, but you know, it's like I can't do this forever. So it's just like sometimes you just want to try your best to enjoy the moments and do the best that you can. Well, you know, I mean, I, yeah. she's right. You can't play forever. You could. You just can't play professional. That was forever. a pretty subtle hint yeah. that she's on her way out. That laugh there. She's doing her best Kamala Harris oh, impression, I think. That was that was a good laugh. Yeah, not bad. So, uh, you know, I mean, but she's got a, a, just a, a, a storied career here. I mean, she's done so well on the court. Uh, Great she, movie about her growing up with her sister, yeah, with Will Smith. Venus, yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. Uh, but she says now the countdown has begun and that she plans to, quote, relish these next few weeks. Uh, as I mentioned, she's 40, currently playing at the Canadian Open. She won her first match in 14 months on Monday to advance to the second round. Slated to play in the Western and Southern Open next week. Uh, and then she's implied that she'll try to play at the U.S. Open as her final tournament later this month. One final attempt to, try Mar- uh, to tie Margaret Court's record of 24 mm. major titles. Tennis uh, will be weird without her. Without her, it will be. Yeah, I mean, she's, without either of them, she, she's definitely a, a powerhouse in the sport. And, she's a legend. And uh, I, I mean, I guess time will time will tell. She did have one quote here. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I if I fully agree with this or not. She says, "If I were a guy, I wouldn't be writing this because I'd be out there playing and winning while my wife was doing the physical labor of expanding our family." Maybe I'd be more of a Tom Brady if I had that opportunity. She says, don't get me wrong. I love being a woman, and I loved every second of being pregnant with Olympia. But she says, I'm turning 41 this month, and something's got to give. I, I, I don't know if I really agree with that. I mean, if you're 41 and you're a man, you're still going to be in the same. You're still You know, hurting. you're aging. However. If you're a family, a family man. You yeah. know, I, so I don't know. I, she, I, I feel like she's reaching with that statement a little bit. And I, 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 obviously, she doesn't want to leave the game. I see your point, but let me be the... Uh... I've never been pregnant. I will never be pregnant. I will not ever know what a woman's body goes through to have a baby. Right. So that can be a factor. Absolutely. That's fair enough. I mean, it is and, fair and, enough. And maybe that's kind of what I, I understand her side of it, what she's saying there. But also, at the same time, it sounded like, you know, when she said, I'm, I'm so grateful to, to have my, my daughter, Olympia. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. But again... We'll never know what a woman goes through to have a baby and what that, that physical toll can do yeah. to a woman. That's fair enough. And so, yeah, I didn't maybe look at it from that's that a factor as to why she wants to wind down her career now. I don't know if that's true. But, you know, with that quote, I kind of see both sides of that. Yeah, no, the, you make a fair point there. I, I guess I didn't look at it from that angle. But, uh, yeah, it, it could be that just there is a, a, a definite toll that a fellow like you or a fellow like me never going to experience. Look, we're not Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm right? I'm not, yeah. We can't get pregnant like he did. I ain't carrying no kids. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll continue to follow along, but I guess we'll probably have a better idea yeah. the next few weeks whether or not, you know, when she, after the U.S. Open, whether or not she's going to call it quits. It seems like she's she's on her way out, right. which more power to her. She gets to go out on her own, so... Well, I it's know hard to do in professional sports, regardless of the sport. Absolutely, so. it is. I mean, that's why that's why people cry when they they announce the retirement. You know, it's a hard Man, thing to I do. I still cry at movies. All right, do so, you? That's okay. Crying uh, is okay. Cry, yeah, okay, fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> also, <laughs> in the world of sports to today, big meeting going on right now in Minnesota. Uh, NFL league owners are meeting right now to approve the purchase of the Denver Broncos by uh, the Walmart heir and his son-in-law, Commissioner um, Commissioner Roger Goodell 
is expected to read the riot act to all the owners regarding tampering and tanking. This comes in the aftermath of that suspension that we mentioned <laughs> uh, last week. Dolphins owner Stephen Ross. Yep. So uh, he's going to read read the riot, the riot act. act. He's going to read the riot act to tell his compadres to not tank yeah, don't if tank. they're not doing well. How do you give uh, me a break? Now look, I get they're going to be. You know, he, how old are some of these owners, man? And they're going to. Sit there and listen to Roger Goodell read him the Riot Act. Yeah. Give me a break. I know. I know. They're going to be asleep or not care. So why? So the, 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 as you know, I said this is the aftermath the suspension imposed on Dolphins owner Stephen Ross. The league gave Ross a pass on tanking, even though he apparently engaged in and at least attempted tanking. Uh, but per a source, Goodell uh, really regards the issue as being very important, given the legalization of sports wagering. And to that degree, I understand why Goodell wouldn't like tanking. And, and probably the next person uh, who does tank, if, if there is an issue that's busted, uh, is probably going to get a lot worse than this. But, um, and, and I think Ross, I think a lot of people think Ross probably should have got a lot. I mean, he tried to tank. He did precisely what a multi-billionaire would do to send a message to those who hope to continue working for him without having to actually order that proverbial code red. Uh, and because former coach Brian Flores... Uh, he says he, you know, he refused. Uh, he refused to go along with it, but he also documented the owner's efforts to pressure him to lose games in order to win improved draft position. And so Flores really became persona non grata here. Um, so to that end, I understand. But but there's also the issue of how do you know? I, how can you really know that a team is tanked? You know? Uh, look, I I'm kind of still stuck on this riot act here. <laughs> you just go I'm, look. I'm, I'm looking it up. There's like four different explana- <laughs> explanations for the Riot Act, and most of them are in the UK. Right. Uh, the British government, anxious to stop protests, passed a law called the Riot Act. It allowed public officials to break up gatherings of 12 or more people by reading aloud a proclamation warning those who heard it that they must disperse within the hour or be guilty of a felony punishable by death. Well, there's... Okay. Excuse that's me. That's a little excessive. I get it. Tell me how that's relatable <laughs> to... Tanking. Well, eight three four one zero two seven. There's a lot more smarter people out there than us. <laughs> I mean, it's a figure of speech. You know, it's it's it, that that's all. I, I I don't think anybody's actually looking to give anybody the death okay. penalty. The, yeah, no, I know. The but actual death what penalty. What a weird thing to talk to your eighty plus year old owners about about. Please don't lose games. Yeah. If you don't play very well. I mean, he's but he's certainly uh, from what I understand per the sources, he's going to lay down the law. And at least try. Do you think anybody takes him seriously in that room? I don't. I don't I'm sure they don't. I don't. This is this is all just for show. At I don't this believe point. Roger. I I think Roger Goodell has a credibility problem. Yes. Uh, not just a little one. A big credibility problem. Yep. And so no, I don't think the owners take him seriously. I don't think the fans take him seriously. And certainly the uh, the members of the bullpen don't appear to take not him one seriously bit. either. I mean, wh- <laughs> off of your question. It's sometimes obvious when you're tanking, mm-hmm. when you trade all your best players, you play all your young guys, uh, and you know you're not going to win. Right. I mean, that's the best way I can explain it. So I feel like it's not that difficult to see. But also, they're not going to listen to him. It's not their organization. It's not his organization. It's theirs. They're going to do what they want to do. Right. If they get caught, oh, darn, they're not going to be able to go watch a game for a, a few weeks you know, and they're going to have to pay a, a hefty fine, which is chump change to them. Right. They're going to do what they're going to do regardless of what this guy says. Well, yeah, whoever the source is. Uh, I mean, I think the problem here, too, is that the NFL doesn't really have the resources to enf- enforce these rules. No. 
And it happens so often, I think, probably because there are a lot of teams who know they can't enforce these rules for that that reason exactly. Yep. Uh, but I think you know the NFL is probably going to try at least you know huff and puff and stomp their feet and try to say, oh, well, we're we're serious about it this time. Move along, <laughs> Roger Goodell. But yeah, you know, you're a, you're just having a little hissy fit. Just you know, let the let the adults take over. More bluster from the NFL and give it a couple <laughs> of years, and everybody will forget about this issue. Oh, and man. if tanking does die down, it's certainly going to come back. I can promise That's true. you that. I mean, I, I think it will that. always be around, regardless of what anyone tries to do. Yeah. So staying with the NFL, apparently there are 31 NFL teams that are taking big issue with Deshaun Watson's contract, which <gasps> they're, they're calling rigged. They think rigged. It's, and, and when you really look at the breakdown of it, I could understand why they would feel that way. Uh, so, you know, obviously Watson's season's hanging in the balance here. He's, you know, he's got that as the NFL is appealing a six-game suspension. Uh, you, you've got teams out there who are basically saying, all right, look at this contract. It's $230 million. He signed it five years Back in March, he got $8.9 million in signing bonuses, but a base salary of uh, just north of a million bucks for the season. Right. Probably in anticipation that he was going to get suspended. Yep. It's going to jump to $46 million next Why year. else would you do that? Right. Why else would anybody do that? Right. God. And so teams are like, well, wait a minute. The, 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 <laughs> the, the, you, you rigged up this contract because you knew this was coming, and they're not happy about it. Uh, it, it looks like... Um, one influential person, this is according to uh, a, a story out of Fox News, uh, general consensus around the league is, uh, is one of dismay. One influential in- NFL person uh, said on the trip that it doesn't sit well with the league or 31 other owners that the Browns rigged the Watson contract so that the suspension would cause him to lose only a fraction of his 2022 compensation. And I, you know, but what it was, $345,000. He's not mm-hmm. even going to, he's not, they're not taking that out of his paycheck, you know, directly. Right. It's basically that's what he's going to lose out of the six game suspension. Yeah. So people aren't happy about that. Browns general manager Andrew Barry, though, is defending the, quote, optics of the contract during the introductory press conference uh, back in March. He says very similar to what a lot of the other larger contracts the larger players get that are already on the books. Look, I mean, they can cry all they want about this. It's just smart business by the Browns. Yeah. Like, I agree. Boo-hoo, you don't like it. Browns don't care. Nobody else cares. You know, so yeah. what are you going to do? Far be it that's, for me. That's to, good strategy if absolutely. you if you're picking up a player like that. And, and I think there's it, going to be more like that in the future. I guarantee it. Oh, there's so, no doubt. Yeah. So now I think they took the first step. I think more, now more teams will probably do this. Probably, it's you a know, smart move. It, you take a flyer on a guy. Yeah. I mean, even it, with such big talent as Deshaun Watson, you're still kind of taking a flyer on him. Right. I mean, you're not. They guaranteed him a lot of that. Is it all of it? They guaranteed all the money, right? They did guarantee it, yeah. All of it? Yeah. Okay, well, then my point doesn't make any sense anymore. Because as far as you, I know, you, they did. You, I mean, you take I, a flyer I, on someone, but you don't guarantee the entire contract to do no, that. But I see what you're saying. I mean, I knew we were going with that. Okay. But, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I but just, again, it's as, just as far as I know, the they guaranteed it. It's just boohooing the owners. That's all, you, that's all they're doing. That's sure. all that's going to come out from this. It's not like, Sour well, grapes. The other owners didn't like this, so I guess we got to pay them more in that first year. Whoops. Yeah. No. Far be it for me to ever criticize uh, you know, anybody for making a smart deal, either for themselves or for their assets, as it is in this case. Look, I hate it. But it's smart business. Yeah, there's it, no it, denying. There's it. nothing. Yeah, there's no denying it. No it's, denying it's that at all. How it is. Uh, but uh, I, and I, you know what the the NFL has appealed this ruling uh, that you know we talked a lot about this is six game suspension. Uh, Judge Sue L. Robinson last week found he violated the NFL's personal conduct policy egregiously. Uh, 
Yeah, but but also concluded that he'd be given a six-game suspension, no fine, in part because of the league's previous uh, rulings and his reputation prior to the two dozen allegations of sexual assault. I guarantee two you. dozen, by the way. I mean, that's you know, that's no that's no small. I have to, I won't guarantee, but I have to think that if Sue L. Robinson had more than four cases in front of her. Maybe even there's there's enough to argue that fifth case that got dismissed, if she would have kept it, that probably would have extended the suspension. She could only go off of what she had. So it makes sense that she that he didn't get a full, uh, full year suspension on the evidence presented in front of her. So I just feel like if, if, if they got more opportunity to put more cases in front of her, this would have been a completely different story. I, I, I couldn't agree but with you more. Here we are. We have to deal with this fact. And we have to talk about it. Just more excitement and, uh, you know, questionable decisions coming out of the National Football League. I hope the Browns tank their first six, se- <laughs> six games so then they get the number one pick with Deshaun Watson. Can you imagine that? Year. Another smart decision. Coming off, a, coming off a year right after and Roger a, a Goodell big, read the riot act. A big double a big bird one of those to too. Roger yeah. Goodell yeah. trying to tell us what to do with our team. We got more on the way here on the bullpen on this Tuesday. More football talk, a little baseball talk. Uh, where Kevin Durant may end up as uh, there are a few teams buying for him. We may even see a big name uh, retire and come back into the boxing ring. Uh-oh. 512 Boxing talk yeah, on its way, man, baby. I've been waiting to talk boxing. 512-834-1027. I'm Patrick Osborne. He's Brandon Elkins. This is Bullpen. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And that's where you find yourself. On this Tuesday, Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins, the bullpen. It is Tuesday. Opinions always welcome. 512-834-1027 is your phone number to give us a call. Let me just update you real quick. Uh, One of our good listener friends, Florida Man Kyle, chimed in. He's a lawyer, uh, amongst all the other things that he does in his life. Uh, Apparently, the Riot Act is, what is it? It's a figure of speech. It's a figure of speech. Okay. It's almost like an idiom. Me freaking out trying to figure out what the hell that meant. You know, when well, I was wondering where you were going worth, with it. You useless. know, but, but I just thought you were trying to add a little color I to had, the show. I had never heard it before. I was really concerned. I was really, I really wanted so to know. You what thought the hell Roger Goodell was really going to go in there and execute? I thought he these was going to make some speech and <laughs> use the put the riot act in there. He's going to he's going <laughs> to drop felonies on 30, 32 owners. No, but I guess you know, apparently it's <laughs> punishable by death. So y'all. Be careful with your old age well, out there. You know, I mean, you, you, life ends when you stop learning things. Anyway, so, thank you, Florida man. So you have, uh, thank you, Patrick. We pick up things every day. I now know it was just a figure of speech. Yeah, you're one step, one step closer to. But now you now. know what the UK riot act is. I do, do you remember any of that? I do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it actually makes sense that something like that would come from across the pond. Yeah, absolutely, and they do things a little that bit was probably than, made than in over the here. Thirteen hundreds. A while ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you've been with us since the top of the hour, we uh, hit a little bit. About Aaron Rodgers. Now, we talked a little about this last week. The man is... Uh, he's well, crazy. He He's kind of taken the Joe Rogan approach to his ball game lately, and uh, well, he's, he's di- been dabbling in, uh, in, in hallucinogenics. You know why I respect it? Why Because that? this man has been in the spotlight since he was a freshman in college. You're right. Right? Yeah. Like, these guys, we don't take into the fact that these guys give up their lives to play this sport. Right. And so this guy, I think, is seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And he is experiencing everything that he wants to experience and hasn't been able to experience because he's been solely focused on football for, what, 17 years? And that's why he's been one of the best to ever do it. Exactly. Live your life, guy. Sure. And I think I think that's what he's doing, and I respect that. Sure. He's doing what he wants to do. 
damn what the NFL thinks about his ayahuasca, you know, trip. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, uh, you know, and, and you bring up the ayahuasca trip, and there's been a lot of a lot of questions as to how this may impact him. And uh, actually, Packers head coach Matt LaFleur had something to say about it. Yeah, I really haven't given him much thought at all. He hasn't given it much thought <laughs> at all. You know what? I don't think most Man, people have. a few words, but they he, count. And here's the reason why. It's, it'd be one thing if you found out that he was, you know, jacking anabolic steroids or something down in another country. But that's not what happened. Right. He, he's drinking a hallucinogenic... A concoction, a cocktail of sorts. Isn't this a Schedule One drug, essentially? Uh, is, it, is it Schedule? You know what? I, I honestly don't know even exactly what's in ayahuasca. To be honest with you, I just know it's a powerful hallucinogenic that's used in a lot of religious and medicinal ceremonies in other countries around sure. the world. Uh, so he was on a podcast, the Aubrey Marcus podcast, recently, and he went on and talked about how he was down in Peru in 2020. Uh, before the third of his four MVP seasons, and he drank that ayahuasca and came back and he had one of the best seasons okay, of his life. Okay, so it was South America. It wasn't yeah, South America. I, yeah. I read that wrong. Uh, and it's a, yeah, it's a, psychoact- a psychoactive beverage native to South America, often used for religious, ritualistic, or medicinal purposes. That is so, one way to describe it. Right. <laughs> so there's, there was a lot of question, is this going to cause problems for Rodgers mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the NFL substance abuse policies? And apparently not. Interesting. Packers QB Aaron Rodgers, use of hallucinogenic drink ayahuasca during the offseason, not considered a violation of the NFL's drug policy, according to the NFL. Uh, spokesman Brian McCarthy said uh, yesterday it, uh, it wouldn't have triggered a positive test result on either the substance abuse or performance-enhancing substance policies collectively bargained by the NFL and its Players Association. Uh, and and as, as we played there just now, uh, so Packers coach Matt LaFleur says, I, I haven't given much thought at all. And I, I don't think anybody else has either. I, I think you're right, and I think that's why it's not part of the drug policy, which also doesn't make any sense because there's DMT in ayahuasca mix. But how is DMT? I, I, I get it. It's a schedule, schedule one. one. I get that. But drugs like that, I understand performance enhancing. Sure. Right? But well, who, who's the NFL to tell a millionaire in their off time that they can't go do whatever they want to do? Uh, if it's not a violation of some performance-enhancing drug. I mean, marijuana is not I'm a, a performance-enhancing drug, not. and that was banned until, what, last year? Do you remember Sean White? The issue was Sean White, the, the snowboarder. I don't remember what, what Olympics it was, the Winter Olympics mm-hmm. years ago. And he wins a gold medal, and he comes back positive in a test for pot in mm-hmm. his blood. And they wanted to take his medal away from him. And people like, well, no, you ought to give him two medals. You ever, you ever gotten high and tried to <laughs> snowboard? Like, this guy did something that, you know, <laughs> yes, he did, it's no, not a performance-enhancing drug. So I think it's the same kind of thing here. I look at that, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, why would the NFL care about something like this? I, you know, maybe I'm just not looking at it with the I right just, set of eyes. Maybe I'm just too of a live and let live. You do your thing as long as it doesn't affect me. I don't care. Right. Maybe I'm too much from that of that cloth. But well, uh, it's clear they don't have a uh, a drug screening for DMT. Right. Um, I just, I. It sounds like this was just never on. Like you said, it was never on their radar. It's something they've never thought they've had to think about. And so, of course, they're not just going to come out and say, "Oh, he did it." Well, all right, we got to ban, we got to suspend him now because he he admitted to doing to doing drugs. Yeah, you can't write the rule after the fact. I mean, exactly. you can, but you can't punish him after so the fact. I have a feeling they will probably update the drug policy within the next couple of years and probably add more harsher uh, drugs. I think you're probably but right about maybe that. with our wonderful backwards country uh, laws we have about drugs. Please opine on that. Maybe in the next couple years, 
we'll get some more legalizations that Perhaps. are happening out there because it's possible. a lot of, you know, psilocybin is being legalized in a lot of states. Up in recently. Oregon they did recently, Oregon, right? Washington is doing Washington it as well. Washington too, okay. California is doing it. So they're ta- I've, I've seen some places there where they just want to legalize all drugs mm-hmm. and then... Legalize or decriminalize? Decriminalize, okay. thank you. Decriminalize. And so then the, then you got a slippery slope on your hands there. Yeah. So well, it's okay, either it they could... don't do anything at all or they most likely will update their policy being like, hey, guys, we know we didn't have this on it before, but at least don't go public with right. this. Right. Yeah, and, and see, that's fair enough because... As we mentioned yesterday, optics count, yes. right? Yes. Uh, but I, 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 this quote here, though, from Rogers on that podcast, he says that retreat gave him a, quote, deep and meaningful appreciation for life. I came back and I knew I was never going to be the same. Look, I believe it's, it. He's like channeling his inner Bill Hicks there. I, I don't know, <laughs> when Hicks talked about this time, he went out in Fredericksburg and did something similar. Uh, and and basically lied in a field of green, laid in a field of green grass saying, my God, I love everything. Wow. Uh, that's that's exactly that what I hear Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's channeling his own. I uh, love Fredericksburg too, and I've only been there once. I would, mm, I would, mm, wow, okay. <laughs> so that's the latest on Aaron Rodgers. No punishment for his decision to drink that uh, psychoactive beverage down in Peru in 2020. Good for you for yeah. getting away with it, being so public about it that the NFL couldn't do a damn thing to stop you. I, I got to respect it. I got to respect. Yeah, and yeah, you know what? Right and, and, and going back to something you said earlier, I think you're right. Uh, you know, because he has lived his life in such a, a public eye for so many years. I mean, coming out, uh, uh, what did you say, freshman year of college, right? Well, yeah, when he went to, I mean, I don't know how long he was in in college, but even probably in high school, he probably got probably. some hype towards him, too. And then he steps in to fill the shoes, some of the biggest shoes he could have filled in yes. Brett Favre. Yeah, and right? it didn't start out well originally. No, but turned out that the Packers, better. the Packers actually got, I mean, I think nobody, nobody thought, I don't know if he's better. Well, yeah, maybe. Brett Favre got really lucky a lot because he would just huck it up there. There were some times, <laughs> like against the Vikings. I remember yeah. that one. Or uh, the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders. That's what I was saying. The Raiders. That pass. came out of my head. That was pretty cool, though. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so uh, he, you're, you may be right. You know, it could be that he's just, he's finally letting loose and loosening it up and having a good time. Yeah. yeah it, more power to him. Have fun. Again, Have fun there, Aaron. You just, so much of your life is, especially if you're a good player, like an elite player like that, if you're just an okay player, you can probably get by. You're not going to be recognized on the street as much. Yeah. But if you're an elite player like Aaron Rodgers, you're in the spotlight 24-7 as soon as you step outside. So Absolutely. I just, I look, yeah, that, and that's why I respect he's living his life. Yep. Yep. And so I want everybody to do that. Well, you know, and the, the clock's ticking for the man. He's going to be retiring yeah. sooner rather than later. He doesn't have a lot left in the tank. Plenty more time to do what he wants to do, but it doesn't mean he can't start now. Right. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> Let it fly, guy. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, well, I don't know if this is a good transition or not. Substance abuse, toxicity. <laughs> do you good think one. social media is toxic? I look as a stretch, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you? What's your opinion on social media? Are you? Are you? a fan of this garbage heap that we call social media? My friend, that depends on which part of social media you are talking about. You throw a dart and hit one, and then, I mean, I, that's as far as I'm concerned, it's all trash. I have been on Twitter <laughs> for, yeah, I have been on Twitter for a very long time. Um, I can tell you it's a vile, horrible, toxic place where if you're not there yet, don't go. Yeah. yeah. I only went to, 
this is probably too much information, but I only went, well, I think it was 2011 is when I first joined because they let you know every year mm-hmm. it's your anniversary. Yeah, right. You're, uh, you're I only wanted to do like NFL news, you know, sports news. I wasn't really going to follow a lot of people. I got Adam Schefter. I mean, we're talking, what, 12 years later now? Yeah. I got like two ex-girlfriends from Twitter and I got five, like a bunch of really good friends that I made along the way. So well, it works as, out as bad as it is... If you were in there early, you understand how different it is compared to now. But going off of, regardless of that, and that was way too much information to give out to everyone, but social media is a very toxic, it can vile play. It can be probably 70% of the time. I think, uh, I think you'll find that more along the lines of personal use. I, you know, sure. For example, you know, if you follow us on you know, 1027 ESPN on, the, on our Twitter or Facebook or any of our other, other radio stations here, you, it'll be a vastly different experience than, than if you know, it's just a couple of, yeah, couple we won't of guys with you. opinions, right? No one will troll you from 1027 ESPN Twitter. Dallas Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs is quitting Twitter because he says it's toxic. Oh, Wow. What a surprise, huh? He's made his escape from Twitter. And listen, I did this a long time ago. I've not been on social media, my personal accounts, all year. And I I couldn't have made a better mental health move. It's the absolute best thing I could have done. What made you want to stop? Uh, Well, you know, know, it's just... There's too much negativity out there. Life's okay. too short. Yeah. I'm getting too old to be, you know, mired in all that muck. All You're the lucky time. my tweet deck isn't up right now. It's you'd, not. You'd see the vile, it is dark not. hole of abyss that it is. So Trayvon Diggs has made his escape. He says, "quote It's toxic." Uh, he used. I used to be on Twitter a lot, but I'm in camp. He says, "I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to lock in and just be better every day." But there's also something else. The All Pro cornerback uh, positioned at the podium alongside his son Aiden. Uh, who's become a, a celebrity in his own right, in large part due to the media exposure. Uh, he decided to log out, not only in an effort to better lock in ahead of this, his third pro campaign, but also because of the negativity that came at him from Cowboys watchers following a couple of camp videos that showed him <laughs> getting beat on a play or two. <laughs> and then, you know, to that point, it's like, right, don't go, be so Cowboys soft. Fans. You, know? like, you pushed him away. Yeah, but, you know, listen, if you're going to be, if you're a pro athlete, an actor, a musician, I know. some guy talking behind a microphone on a radio station, you're bound to get uh, some unwanted criticism. You just got to suck it up, yeah. straighten that spine a little bit and forget about it. You just it, right? have to know what you're getting yourself into. I mean, and that's not to say that th- a lot of those people are real because there are a lot of troll bots out there mm-hmm. that can easily mm-hmm. just have a complete fight with you for an hour on Twitter. Never seen it before. Right. <laughs> but uh, look, that's smart. I, I would I would bet a lot of money that he probably has a burner account where he just kind of watches from the distance sure. and doesn't really react. Uh, or maybe he does. I don't know. I mean, we know Kevin Durant has like 30. So does he? Uh, I, maybe 30 is a bit much, but I know he has burner accounts. Um, so, again, more power to him. Glad. I'm, I hope it helps with his mental health. I think eventually we should all get off social media at, at a certain point in our lives. I think a cleanse is good, even if it's just sure. a, a couple of weeks. My just, favorite is the people who claim they're going to go on, they're, they're quitting Twitter or they're quitting Facebook forever, and then we see them on there a day later. When they, I, my favorite is when they publicly, like, I'm done. Everybody does right, that. Well, dude, I, I do it I'm then. Like, cool. You don't need yeah, my we don't permission. Care. Yeah. We, we didn't even notice if you left. There's just too much other things going on. Like, I actually bailed out, and then I, I came back. Uh, I, I still have a Facebook page. Page that's deactivated. Mm. So I came back uh, last week just to kind of let everybody, hey, by the way, I remember we that got this station launched, and then poof, you were gone. Join in. Less than eight hours later, I was gone again <laughs> uh, with with just just as little fanfare that I came in. I that's left, okay, man. and that's and I probably won't be back until uh, you know maybe I'll share some main photos with you guys. Uh, you yeah. know, once I'm back up there because that's right. that's become a 
a thing that I do. But beyond that, man, I, I, I'm, I, it was the greatest thing that I ever did. So yeah. I totally get where Diggs is coming from there. Uh, but I would say he's got to toughen up a little bit because uh, you're in the you're in the spotlight. We also dude. don't know the things that he. You know, people say some really awful things. Sure they do. So sure they do. I'm not going to go into detail, but you know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to stick by my statement. Dude needs to toughen up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we have Trayvon Diggs sitting right here next to me one day, and you can say that to his face. What's he going to do? Throw a punch across the console? Like, Let me show you. I could use a little extra money from litigation. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, this I, is the content you get from us Monday through Friday, uh, one to two, baby. A couple of idiots who love hearing themselves talk. Uh, lovable. Lovable idiots. Lovable yeah, idiots. You Thank you. By the way, we, I took that from the 2004 Red Sox. Johnny Damon. I, I stole that from Johnny Damon, just so we I'm know. I'm not surprised. They, 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 that was the, the, the 2004 World Series champion Red Sox. Yeah. They called themselves the lovable idiots, and, and that's you and me. I watched Feed for Pitch the other day. Yeah. yeah. It's a good movie. That's what the... Yes. Fallon, right? Yes. Fallon. Fallon and Barrymore. Back when he was still funny? Drew Barrymore. But she's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, he was funny in that, though. And some SNL. Oh, look, I like I like that stuff. So. Fair enough. I like all movies. So uh, there's some questions about where a, uh, a a local high school grad may be winding up. Uh-oh. Baker Mayfield. Okay. And... Uh, so he's with the Panthers. They're not planning to make a public call about their starting QB for a little while, but that's not stopping people from reading into decisions and comments concerning Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold ahead of the, the announcement. Uh, but one decision that's going to spur reaction will be how the, the playing times are going to be divvied up for the preseason opener against the Commanders this week. Uh, no, no word from head coach Matt Rule about his team's plans at this point. He did offer an update, though, on how Mayfield's settling in with his new team. He says he's definitely improving as he's getting more, uh, more of a feel for what he can do at the line of scrimmage. He says what he's done in 10 days is pretty impressive. He's making a really good jump. I'm rooting for him. Look, he graduated. I went to, I, I went to Lake Travis Elementary, Lake Travis Middle School, and Lake Travis High School. He yeah. graduated from Lake Travis High School. So, you know, I got, I got a little connection to that. And I knew, I, I knew, I knew so many guys like Baker Mayfield growing yeah. up. He's, yeah. he's, he's really kind of a... He's well, a guy. Yeah, he's very much he's an interesting he's guy. Very much a Lake Travis guy. Let me just put it yeah, that way. Okay. But as a as as someone who has no ties towards him whatsoever, um, I've always rude I've I always had fun watching him play. Mm-hmm. And so I've 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 enjoyed trying to watch him play. He's a great NFL. on field personality. He really is. I mean he He's he's not all, not always easy to like. It just seems like he's a wannabe Brett Favre. In, in certain aspects where he'll just throw it up there and you know, yeah. hope you get it. Yeah. But I'm rooting for him. Look, I if, I think Sam Darnold is probably going to get the nod ahead of him originally, but they, they gave up a lot to get him there. I mean, so you, you'd be naive to think that that wouldn't play a factor as as much as any probably NFL journalist would tell you otherwise, right. because probably they have to, right? Uh, because they have ties to the team and they can get yelled at by the team. But I I honestly think probably game one of the regular season it will be Baker Mayfield, but I think they just want to see what he can do mm-hmm. early, but Sam Darnold has been there. He knows the system better, so he's going to get the nod ahead of him. Well, consider Will that this, last though. all preseason? Maybe not. They, I don't even know how much they'll play in the preseason. And it is but preseason. I feel like he needs to play. In the, both of them need to play in the preseason. No doubt about it. Because Darnold needs to prove what he can do because he hasn't, and Baker Mayfield needs to prove that he can run the system. Keep in mind that the Panthers traded for Baker Mayfield when they had just a ton of opportunity to evaluate Sam Darnold since trading for him in 2021. I think they know what they have with him. That that suggests that Bay, that Mayfield's got a real good chance at, at winning the starting job. And and you know comments from uh, from Matt Rule about how well Baker Mayfield's been doing over the past week and a half really don't do much to push the uh, the needle in the opposite direction sure. here. So I, I I I think that it could go either way. 
I think that Mayfield's got a real good shot. But again, it's preseason, yeah. so you they know, just, at the end of the day, yeah. they can't make it look like Sam Darnold lost his job immediately. But I think they're also hoping this build puts a fire under his butt, yeah. and maybe gets him going a little bit. Because I've seen it firsthand. I've seen. I remember when my Seahawks traded for Matt Flynn, mm-hmm. or they 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 spent a lot of money on him, and then Russell Wilson beat him in the preseason. So anything can happen. I think this is going to be a good competition. Regardless of who comes out of it, I think that'll be a pretty good team because those guys are going to work their butts off yeah, they are. to play well. And, I mean, you can't as- assume that won't transition onto the field eventually. So One would watch hope. out for the Panthers, man. They yeah. could be good. Yeah, they could be. They health, could be. health is always a factor. Well, you know, that's the beauty of the beginning of the season. No matter what sport it is, it's a, it's a blank slate. Everybody's a oh, contender. Yep. Until the first snap. Until you're not. And then, yeah. And then you're not. Uh, so uh, from, the, uh, from the pro gridiron to the college gridiron, some interesting news coming out of Southern Methodist University up in Dallas. Okay. Now, you may remember back in 1987, SMU got the death penalty. I do remember that. Uh, big, big, big deal. They were using they had a slush fund that they were using for under-the-table payments for players and families trying to entice them to come to SMU. And the team was left in ruins after this. They had one winning season over the next two decades. They didn't make it to their first bowl again until 2009, and they didn't make the national rankings until 2019. Oh, boy. All right? Yeah. So... I, I feel like there's a bit of irony in this story in that SMU football and basketball players are going to get $36,000 a year now uh, thanks to the, the uh, a, a group of boosters, SMU boosters, nice. they're called the, the Boulevard Collective. Nice. They intend to spend $3.5 million a year in NIL compensation on these athletes. Uh, I, I, I just – and I think that this is the first – I mean, obviously it's not it's not quite the, you know – the issue of kids getting paid, 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 sure. like we've talked about. But certainly I feel like this is the beginning of, of we're going to see a whole lot more. 36 k a year. And a lot of kids that go to SMU, I mean, they sleep on beds of 36 k or more. You right. know, It's a very well-to-do school. I love it. But uh, it, I, think that, I think we're going to see a lot more of this. Yeah. Players getting paid. So you like the idea. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, it, it's it's – Ironic, but it's also the way of the world now. Yeah. Because NIL is legal. Yeah, And sure. you're allowed to pay these players. Sure. So it's just, yeah, it's funny because of when all these teams got popped in the past for this, now can just be completely open and transparent about it. But, yeah, I love it. I mean, 36000 a year for a college kid is a lot. I, I think lot. so. I, that, I mean, you don't have too many expenses because everything else is already paid for. Right. So you would hope they would save that money, but you're also asking 18 to 21-year-olds to not spend thousands of dollars a month that they're getting. so And I, I actually, this completely escaped me. I didn't even realize this, uh, but apparently the Texas Tech boosters are going to be paying Red Raider football players twenty five k a year it's uh, through that. the Matador Club Collective. I didn't even know that. It's weird that the the basketball team is making 11000 more than them. It is kind of. You think the football team would make more than that. And maybe that's just on top of the other deals that they're already getting. So... Yeah, you would definitely. Yeah, it would make more sense that the because f- basketball football. team. I don't really think of SMU basketball. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think a lot of think people people yeah. think of SMU football either. Really, I, but it's more out there. Yeah, I mean, man, I went to I went to San Antonio a couple weeks ago, and there was an SMU billboard in there. In San Antonio. In San Antonio. Really? Yeah, it was weird. Well, uh, I mean, I get, you got to recruit somehow, you know, get your Fair guys enough. coming in from Texas. But again, those basketball is not not even. You're right. Not even either of those sports are my first thought. But I'm so glad these guys are going to get paid. Yeah, well, they we'll, deserve it. We'll see how well that goes. But definitely, we're going to see more of this.
And we got more to come here on the bullpen, including an update from Live Golf. And uh, a little bit more on uh, what we may see, uh, where we may see Kevin Durant end up as uh, a trio of teams over on the East Coast are vying for the uh, multi-all-time, multi, multi-time all-star. That's not really a way to say it, but whatever. Nailed it. 512-834-1027 is the phone number. Give us a call. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins, you're on the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Back. This is we bullpen. didn't even plan that. Well, you know, great minds think alike, right? Sure. This is the bullpen, 512-834-1027. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins with you on this Tuesday afternoon. And more movement out of the Live Golf PGA flap. Looks like it's better and better every every day, man. So we got at least a couple more guys who are uh, defecting from the PGA and going over to Live. They include British Open champ Cameron Smith and uh, fellow Aussie Mark Lashman. Yeah, latest stars likely defecting to live. They're not confirmed yet, but this it sounds like they're on their way out once they're done with the all the majors. Well, according to, to uh, golfer Cameron Percy, his quote is, "It's unfortunate, yeah, they're gone." End quote. Okay. So it may not be like a confirmed, confirmed. Yeah. But it sounds like it's 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 everything but. Yeah, it sounds like they just want to finish out the season, and then announce probably announce it then. Right. So they don't get yelled at by the PGA yet. Right, and so they can still play in those tournaments. So, uh, with uh, Cameron Smith's departure, it's raising some questions around his presence at this week's FedEx Cup playoff opener, which he's scheduled to attend. Three of his now fellow detectors, Taylor Gooch, Hudson Swafford, and Matt Jones, are actively engaged in court hearings as the PGA is attempting to bar them from competing in that event. And there are a lot of people that aren't happy about this. Uh, you know, I mean, no, that's been no secret. Um, we got uh, some local reaction on this, though. Yes, uh, we do from. Uh, the great Scotty Scheffler. World ranked number one, World Scotty ranked Scheffler. Number one. Texas Longhorn. Uh, and here's what he had to say uh, about this recent batch of defectors. I mean, teach their own. I'm not going to speak on, on guys that are thinking about going to live and all that speculation. You know, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. All I can do is talk about my approach. I'm not going to go into their, what, what those guys want to do. And if they're going to leave, not going to leave. You know, for me, I feel like the PGA Tour is the best place to play. I'm not willing. To, you know, my dream was to play on the PGA Tour. My dream was never to maximize my, you know, financial benefit. It's, you know, I feel very blessed and fortunate to play golf and get paid for it. And so for me, I'm not I'm not looking to go out and do anything else. You know, the PGA Tour is where I want to play. And, you know, it continues to be the place where the best golfers in the world play. And, you know, the opportunity to win FedEx Cups and opportunity to win major championships and to, to win tournaments out here. You know, I, I grew up going to the Byron Nelson. I grew up going to Colonial. And, you know, I almost won the Colonial this year. And, you know, I wouldn't be able to trade those memories for anything. And, and so I'm not I'm not going to go into what those what those guys are going to do and, and their approach. And then when it comes to these losses, suits between, you know, the, the, the PGA and Liv, he thinks. Yeah, I'm definitely curious to see what's going to happen. I mean, those, it's one of those deals where those guys kind of made their decision to go join another tour and they broke the, the rules and regulations of our tour. And now they're trying to sue us, which is definitely a bit frustrating. You know, it's definitely, you know, I heard that was going to happen and I was, I, I know some guys aren't surprised to see it, but I, I definitely am surprised to see some guys now suing, suing us. And, you know, I'm interested and, in, you know, if they win, you know, come out here and play. I mean, that's something that's up to the courts. I can't control what's going to happen in, in a court case, you know, and so definitely interested, but at the end of the day, it, it has no effect on, you know, my preparation for the week. I love that guy. I'm going to go ahead and give a ton of credit and respect to Scotty here. What a what a stand-up way to address this. Yeah. You know, he's, I feel like that's the rational way right. to, to, to speak about this. Like, he's obviously not, like, real jazzed about it, Yeah, but he's also like, hey, 
I'm, we'll, we'll see what happens. It here. doesn't really Good affect him, him that much. I think a either. lot of these guys he's friends with, you know, yeah. which kind of, uh, we, you know, when you think about that, I mean, as a, he's taking a very respectful approach. Mm-hmm. Then you got guys out there like Fred Couples, <laughs> who... Seattleite. He's, he's not mincing. Yeah, Fred Couples. Yeah, he's not mincing his words at all. Uh, and you know, listen, has he ever? Everybody knows Fred Couples. He's got that 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 silky smooth he's swing, great. and you know, he just everything uh, that he he he's got that proclivity for playing well, you know, and and, and the Masters, and you know, when it counts. And so he uh, you just he, say he's the best. He's the best. Well, I don't know about I don't know if I go that yeah, far. He's the best. One of the greats <laughs> of the game. I will certainly go that. And far. a great human, but best. definitely outspoken human. Um, but he says. Uh, uh, He's not really a big fan of this. Uh, he, he says, uh, all these guys, they think they're changing the game, and to me it's comical. It's really comical. He says, to have music on every tee, people drinking beers and think that's cool. He says, I've never thought the cast and crew that would do that would be the guys that are doing it. Uh, and, and here's, you know, he's, he's been buddies with a lot of these guys, uh, you know, uh, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Greg Norman. Well, I, I, guess they, I guess they had a falling out a while ago. But uh, Shocker. here's what he had to say about Greg Norman. He says, I got a funny feeling I know where it's coming from, and, and it's coming from their leader, who no one's liked for 25 years, he says. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm not being mean. It's just that's the truth. <laughs> he goes on to say he's not a friend of mine, but he never would be because we don't get along. Oh, boy. But he's running a tour and he thinks uh, that he thinks is incredible. So okay. not mincing words. Yeah. I feel like I like feel like Freddie's got his feelings hurt here. People have their opinions; they're allowed to have their opinions, but it's not going to change anything. Well, Freddie Couple said this ain't going to work, so shut it down, guys. He doesn't like us. <laughs> shut it down. We're yeah. not going to make it. All these He's millions right. of dollars, everything that we just invested, just burn it, give it away. We're done. Like you could really—it's it, it, fine. You can have an opinion. I mean, and they and you are, and they obviously do. But at the end of the day, it's just words. It's yeah. not going to change anything. No, you're right. These guys are leaving regardless of what the other players are saying to them about you know money and, and legacy and respect and all that. They're making their choices. Let them have their choices. You really could hear the disdain in his voice, though, uh, when, when he, when he made that. That, that comment. He was, he was uh, just not impressed. And I, I, obviously some of these guys And that's okay. It's okay. Some of them just don't like the fact that this is, uh, you know, a Saudi-backed league, and there, there's questionable money involved, and they don't like the shotgun style of play, or as he put it, the the music at every hole and beers and yeah. I, Again, it's it's so hypocritical though in in that sense, and and I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to justify Saudi money, but they got their hands in everything. That they Why do. is all of a sudden golf? I guess because it's such a respectable sport that's you know, never really been in harm's way, I guess, and now it is. So everyone can get their five minutes of well, fame about time. on that. Well, yeah, it's about. Well, I, I guess I guess this is one of the biggest. I don't know if the scandal, but one of the biggest things to rock PGA sure. in a long time. But again, Saudi has their money in everything. Yeah, all over this country, everywhere, all over it. And all of a sudden, it's a big issue now. I mean, I know this is going to fizzle away, and, and both both leagues are going to do what they're going to do. It's only a matter of time. It is. So what I think is unfortunate. Get your opinions out now because no one cares now, and no one's going to care then. I just think it's unfortunate that you've got all these guys, a lot of whom have been playing together for years and yeah. decades, and now this one issue, this this secondary league, this it's is divided. That's what it is. It's a secondary yeah, league. It'll always play runner-up to the PGA. Yes. Well, I don't know about always. I can't predict the future, but. Yeah. 
Uh, as they get on it. I think in the foreseeable future, the PGA will continue to be top dog because it's been there yeah. for years. It's they're they're handcuffed to YouTube right now, and that's it, and that's it's, another it's big a, problem. It's, it's a, it is a problem. I thought again, I thought it was going to be okay, but it's a no one. It feels like no one can no one's watching. Yeah, I, you, I don't. know. It's weird on YouTube. I mean, if you're going to be sitting there for hours getting that back sweat on your chair watching golf, you want it to be on TV, not yeah. YouTube. I mean, you know? look, I have I have. There's means they have apps on TVs now. You don't have to watch YouTube on your computer or your phone anymore. It's still not the same. It's yeah, it's or at least weird. for me, I, maybe weird. I'm just an old school guy, and, you know, and I never fully jumped to the uh, YouTube. It's just different. Generation. It's just different, and you don't think about it because you're scrolling your live TV guide looking for golf, not thinking, well, I guess I need to go to YouTube, right? Which honestly, it would be just like changing the channel at this point, but you don't think about it. So you put it, that's why it's always going to be secondary at this point because. Even though it's on, we're talking about it. We talk about it all the time. But until you get eyes on the prize, it's going to stay way behind PGA. Right. They need to get on a network. Right. Uh, so we're uh, we're up against the clock here. Uh, t- Texas uh, preseason camp has moved into full pads today. Uh, the uh, Longhorns got their first scrimmage coming up on Saturday. Coach mm-hmm. Sark pretty excited about it. He says he likes the physicality of camp right now. Uh, he says the guys are working really hard. You can feel the depth on the team. Uh, but he also says it's pretty brutal out there with this this hundred degree heat. Everybody's in pads, although it's it's not like the first time Longhorns have practiced in, right. in heavy heat. But um, you know, the more and more I hear this guy talk, and the more and more we we see, you know, kind of how the, the the team is starting to shape up and stack up. I, I don't know. I think I think the uh, the optimism over the Longhorns uh, this year is is I think it's pretty justified. It totally is justified. They're not going to win a national championship or anything, but. They certainly, uh, you know, make an argument for uh, being better than they were in that last year. I will. I've been on record. I will stay on record saying that the Longhorns, if they even overachieve a little bit, can win ten games. If they just go bonkers, crazy out there, they might be able to make it to the playoffs. They have the talent. They have the right coaches. It can happen. Wait, you said ten games. If they overachieve, they have to overachieve to make that happen. I still say seven or eight. Eight and four? Nine, nine and three? Sure. <laughs> seven, I still say seven and eight. Seven or eight <laughs> is, is legit win. I think that's how much they'll win. But again, if they overachieve, nine or ten. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think an eight win season, you probably call that a success for UT. Certainly anything so. above that. Going from be. five and seven to a winning record is definitely a good thing. Yeah, it's a right, it's a step in the right direction. Winning six this games, team is I guess, not going to win logic. overnight. Well, that's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow. Patrick Osborne, Brendan Elkins. This is the bullpen.